and welcome to the Fenways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. So if you've never listened to our show before, I'm going to tell you what it's about, because that's what I'm here for. That and to be medicated, apparently, on a weekly basis. <laughs> I am frequently drugged. This is fun. Okay, so not only is that a thing, but also we watch romantic comedies in chronological order. Starting from 1918, we have been using Netflix's genre list, and it fluctuates. It changes a lot. We've gone back. We've gone forwards. We've gone all around in between. And we're doing this because we want to gain context and insight to this redheaded stepchild genre of the film industry. But today we're going off list again. Oh, that's right, we Although, are. Although, this has been on Netflix streaming. They took it away, but we're going off list as an essential. They'll probably give it back, like, next month. Yeah, they will. <laughs> that's so what the they time do. This air- oh, by the time this airs, you'll be back from your honeymoon. Oh, okay. You're, you're already married. You've been on a honeymoon. You're back refreshed. You're wonderful. I possibly have met J.K. Rowling. It's okay. Ashley, I'm very excited. Today, we are finally entering the 90s. I love the 90s. I know. Today we're watching 1990s Pretty Woman. Should I chime in now? <laughs> is this good? Dude, I was in the bathroom. Should I come in now? Wait, who is that? Who are you? Well, as you may know, I directed this movie. I'm Gary Marshall. <laughs> Mr. Marshall, You know, please. I directed Happy Days, too. <laughs> well, well I, I would like to tell our listeners about this movie, Pretty Woman. Can I tell them? Don't go for it. It's great. Why aren't you watching the movie? Here's the Netflix description. When millionaire Wheeler Dealer Edward enters into a business contract with Hollywood hooker Vivian, he loses... Played by Julia Roberts. (laughs) He loses his heart in the bargain in this charming romantic comedy. Can the poor prostitute and the rich capitalist live happily ever after? You'll just have to see. (laughs) It's like New York Cinderella. I don't get the reference. Cinderella movie? With a play. No, this is in Hollywood. This is oh, like yeah, our first real it, Hollywood it movie. It is in Hollywood. I always forget that. But it's like it's like Cinderella if she were a prostitute. Oh, you mean the Disney movie. Yeah. About the Cinderella. She had the glass slipper. There's no glass slippers in this, I don't think. There might be. <laughs> you don't remember? Oh, it was a long time ago, but I do remember that Julia Roberts, she was great. She was great. Did I mention I'm afraid of heights? <laughs> Okay, continue, continue. Okay. This movie stars Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, and Ralph Bellamy. We have previously seen Ralph Bellamy in His Girl Friday. Whoa, really? Yeah, so now he's going to be really old. (laughs) I didn't do anything last Friday, should I have? (laughs) You should have watched His Girl Friday. I probably should have. It's been a long time. (laughs) This movie was directed by the great Gary Marshall. Hey, that's me. (laughs) Who we have... On the podcast. Who just wandered into our podcast. Oh, I was just walking through the hallways, and I heard that something was going on. I heard Pretty Woman, and I had to walk in (laughs) and check what was going on. And there's a microphone here, so I thought I would lend my voice to this beautiful podcast. Oh, thank you. This movie is rated R for sexuality and some language. You know, they wanted to make it PG-13, and I pushed for rated R. Why would you push for rated R? Context. She wouldn't be a hooker. (laughs) She wouldn't be a hooker. She'd have to do something like a sales clerk or in the Macy's. 
But uh, no, you know, she's a hooker, and it, it helps the story. I like I, I like Gary Marshall's insights. This is very helpful. Yeah, I feel like I'm learning a lot. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen many of my movies. Oh, no? No, no, I don't like to watch them after the fact. I just direct them, I tell the people what to do, and I make lots of money. And oh. you just give them to the editor? Of course. You don't even watch I trust him. I trust him. This film was nominated for a lot of awards. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Would you like to hear that? Sure, go for it. Well, in the in the 1991 BAFTAs, it was nominated for Best... You know, I was supposed to be the director of Sleepless in Seattle. They didn't want me, though. Oh, really? Oh, continue, continue. It was nominated for Best Film. It lost to Goodfellas. Oh, it's unfortunate. Great movie, though. Great movie. It was also nominated uh, for Best Actress, Julia Roberts, Best Original Screenplay, and Best uh, Costume Design. In the 1991 Golden Globe Awards, it did win Best Actress for Julia Roberts. Julia. Oh, I love Julia Roberts. <laughs> Wasn't she just in a new movie of yours? Oh, yeah. She was in the Mother's Day. You know, you know, that's such a great time of year, Mother's Day. You get with your mothers. You can go see a great movie by Gary Marshall about the Mother's Day. And if you went earlier, you could have seen Valentine's Day, which I also directed. And even earlier than that... New Year's Eve. <laughs> Are you just covering all of them? We have to. There's so many holidays that have not made movies yet. Um, can you let us know what you our future holiday? Father's Day. Father's. It's not working out because I can't get Julia Roberts, but uh, we're we're gonna try. You know, also at the the Golden Globes, uh, Richard Gere was nominated. Hector Elizondo was nominated. Don't believe the things they say about Richard Gere. <laughs> don't believe him. What do don't they believe say? Him. They say dirty things. Don't don't even read the internet about the Richard Gere. But he's he's great. He's a great human being. Oh, good. And it was also nominated again for Best Picture, losing to another rom com, uh, Green Card. Terrible. The the loss. I haven't seen the movie, but the loss <laughs> that we had. And finally, at the Academy Awards, Julia Roberts was nominated again. And she should have. Did she get it? I don't remember. She, she, did she didn't get it. She didn't get it. Uh, this movie's two hours. It's rated four stars on Netflix. It's two hours too short, if you ask me. <laughs> How long did you want it? Four. Four <laughs> hours. This would have been a great epic picture. The movie studios didn't want it, though. They wanted two hours, no more. I hear that you changed the original ending. No, did I? <laughs> it used to be a lot more tragic. It probably was. You know, I, I, my memory's not so great. I do a lot of movies, and I kind of forget the previous ones that I do when I do new ones. So it's it's kind of like a new experience for me to watch this again. Well, in the original, I don't know if it was screenplay, there was a lot more drug use, her like yeah. roommate dies, you know. I do remember this. I, I pushed for it, but the studios didn't want it. They so want the happy ending? They want the happy ending, those bastards. Well, we've learned that romantic comedies can be tragic. No, oh, they sure can. If without tragedy, you do not have comedy. That is something we say on this podcast a lot, Mr. Oh, Marshall. that's great. I think more tragedy equals even more comedy, so that's why we should have had a better ending. But that's okay. That's beyond me. Okay. Is it okay if we watch it now? Oh, yeah. Go we for watch it. watch it with you? Oh, sure. I got nothing to do. We, we just finished filming Father's Day. It's not going to air till next year, but, you know, let's do this. Okay. Great. Let's, let's go. go watch it. Great.
directed by Gary Marshall. <laughs> Thank you, Gary Marshall. You're quite welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a great film to make. How did you enjoy watching it? You've never seen it. Yet. No, this is my first viewing of it. I'm surprised. I didn't know how it would turn out. I heard it was good, but uh, I didn't know it was this good. We watched Pretty Woman from Touchstone Pictures, a.k.a. Disney. Disney owns everything. I think you might might need to realize that now. You can't get beyond it. Slowly but surely we are. Like, hmm. with Splash, we were like, this is Disney. Well, that's where it began. Yeah. Ron Howard being like, I'm creating this production company. Yeah. Make this movie. And then they stole everything for uh, The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, everything is Disney. Incidentally, everything Quentin Tarantino does is Disney because of Miramax. Really? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know a lot about the biz, Gary Marshall. Oh, I've been in it for a while. Remember the happy days? <laughs> what else did you create? Give me a second. I've got a long list. Oh, the Princess Diaries. You just—I heard that mentioned. That was—that was a good one. It's kind of like this movie, Pretty Woman, that we just watched. At least I hope it is. <laughs> Laverne and Shirley. Oh, Laverne and Shirley. Oh, I remember that one. And Joni loves Chachi. Nobody really liked that one, but it came out. Mork and, and Mindy. Uh, Mork and Mindy. Yeah, working with the Robin Williams. Aww. He was a lot of fun. I missed him. Sorry to make it so sad all of a sudden. Oh, we love Anyway, but the Julia Roberts and the Richard Gere and the Pretty Woman, oh, it was great. Carry on. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. We like to go through, like, the whole plot of the movie. Okay. If you don't mind. Sure. Mr. Marshall. Go for it. Don't let me interrupt. I'll try not to interrupt. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so we start out the movie at this party, and one of the first lines we hear is, it's all about the money, because there's this magician there doing a magic trick. Yeah, you never see the magician's face. I found that a little weird. It was me. (laughs) It wasn't my voice. Everybody would have known if it was my voice, but it was me. It probably wasn't me. So you're like the Alfred Hitchcock of... That's what I like to say. Every time I start a new movie, I say, hey, everybody, I'm the Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock of my movies. It's good. It's good aspirations. Um, we meet uh, Jason Alexander's character, Philip. There. Stucky. Stucky. Philip Stucky. Yeah, because his name sticks to you like glue. <laughs> and he's sleazy like a lawyer. Yeah, that that works. Uh, we meet Richard Gere's character. His name is Edward. He's on the phone. He's fighting. With his ex-girlfriend. He's bad with women, as we learn. As is obvious, yes. Yeah, she says in uh, over the phone that um, she speaks to his secretary more than him. So, so Edward has to leave for some reason. He's going to leave in a hurry. I don't remember. He's upset and just really doesn't like the party scene, I guess. Like, that's what I take away from it. But he's, he's got to go to his hotel. He's just yeah, escaping he, to his hotel. Yeah. So you know, he, Richard Gere improvised a lot of this movie. He'd never actually driven a car before. <laughs> and so that was all real. I think, yeah, you can tell. Because he takes uh, Jason Alexander's car. That's a stick shift. Yep. It's a Lotus. It's a Lotus. And he gets lost in the hills. And then he gets lost in Hollywood. And when we see Hollywood, Hollywood is full of hookers. You know, there were too many hookers. We couldn't get the cameras on the sidewalks. <laughs> so we had to clear some of them off. But you, you could tell. Yeah. You could tell. Yeah. We have a random cameo of... Gary Marshall. I, I was in this. Did you see? Did you see me? Nobody on the crew could tell it was me. They really? couldn't. No, I even sat in the director's chair. They said, oh, who's this? Who's this guy here calling the cameras? It was me. It was me. Gary anyway, Marshall. carry on. 
More plot. We meet a naked body double, Julia Roberts, and she's getting dressed in all her hookerdom. And she only has one dollar left. Because the rent was taken. Yeah. By who? Oh, it's obviously the roommate. I mean, we... We We didn't know she had a roommate yet. Oh, that's right. We met her later. And they said, hey, you take my money, and she took the money. And and that's what happens. You do drugs, you hook, you you take money from your roommates, and and you don't get to pay your rent. And that's why why the movie becomes the movie. And you fall down a rabbit hole of drugs. Yeah, like uh, Alice in Wonderland. It's a good reference. (laughs) What about the love? Yeah, there was love in this. Trying to find your own love, I guess. I mean, she wanted she wanted to get out of the business. What what I liked about it is is that she was very self-respecting. Like she um, she didn't do drugs. Well, yeah, she didn't do drugs, but she knew her her worth, as Peggy Carter likes to say. Did she know her worth? I think so, like on a on like a physical level, like she may. She's a, like her. Like She's she a said, whore, but she doesn't want to be treated like a whore. Yes, but like she, she says that in that one scene after she does the makeover about her clothes are kind of like her armor. Like she can, she can stand up for herself. She could be a woman, a pretty woman, like the title of the movie, "Pretty Woman" by Gary Marshall. Um. Yeah, we also meet this guy on the the street, the the "What's Your Dream" guy. So there's a lot of people. The just, narrator of the movie, yeah. I like to say. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't he narrate more, Gary? Oh, they wouldn't let me. The studio was different back then. Okay, we also see a dead hooker friend being pulled out of the dumpster. It's kind of like saying, this is your life, Julia Roberts. Continue down this path. And you'll end up dead in the dumpster. That's right. Played by Meg Ryan. <laughs> uh, uncredited, but it's, it happened. Dead in a dumpster. Dead in a dumpster. We didn't get to shoot many of her scenes because she didn't show up. But, uh, you know, it, it, these things happen. Was she on the drugs? Oh, she might have been. I don't know. I don't pay attention to the personal lives. Unless it's Julia Roberts, we're good friends. Yeah, you you met her when she was very young. I did, I did. I thought she was perfect for this role, but Disney thought otherwise. But, uh, you know, it worked out. It worked out in the end. You got your way. I always do. So we meet her roommate Kit at a club, and she's there to confront her about the rent. And Kit had spent it all on drugs. She's a the moral kid. of the story is don't do drugs. Is that the moral of the story? It could be, <laughs> depending on whose side you're on. Then we see more of Richard Gere being lost. We see little prostitute turf wars. Like Kit and Vivian, which is Julia Roberts, are like freelancers. They don't have a pimp. They're independent prostitute women. They find their own men. Yeah. It's a lucrative business. That's right. They, they, there's no... They keep all the, the income. <laughs> I don't understand a lot of it myself, but I've heard it is it is very lucrative. Yes. Well, this is where we have the exchange of Richard Gere. He pulls over because he can't drive the car. He's just asking for directions and he picks up a hooker. How, how crazy is this? That's right. She wants $20 and she'll give him personal directions to his hotel. But how she's going to get home? Who knows? She's expecting to go upstairs. And then get a ride back, maybe. Who knows? She's going to manipulate her way into his bed. Now, a little character side note. Julia Roberts' character knows a lot about cars, which is convenient, because then she switches spots with him, and she drives the cars, and they have a little line about how they never joke about money. 
But, and then there's also innuendo, stiff potential. When she, t like, she reaches down and she gives him a little... You think she's reaching for the stick shift, but she's reaching for his stick shift. Oh! oh. That's go. what I said on set, and then she did it. <laughs> she's a trooper. She really is. Oh, she's great. Her rate is $100 per hour. Which Vivian is low, Drake, in my not opinion. not Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts is not bargain basement. So yeah, he pays her for that. And then she's like, okay, bye, see ya. She goes to wait for a bus. He feels bad uh, for her because well, she's, she's going on a bus. There's yeah. no buses in Beverly Hills. No, there's still no buses in Beverly Hills. <laughs> well, she originally said she was going to get a cab. Yeah. And so like she waits for him to, like I guess, go. Yeah. And he doesn't go. Well, because she only has $20, she's not going to spend the $20 on the cab, where she can just spend the dollar on the bus. Yeah. But not like the bus gives change, but she has a dollar. She does. Bus. She has a but dollar the, for rent, but there cannot is no use bus. it. No bus. So he hires her for the night. Do you think he just felt bad for her, or he was generally intrigued slash interested in getting uh a little prostitution action. Well, as you see later on in the movie, he's got a thing with girls that everyone knows about, uh, but I don't think he knows what to do with them. So he takes her upstairs, maybe they'll watch a movie, but he also wants to get the champagne and strawberries. I don't know if he was going with something with it because champagne and strawberries is very good. <laughs> well, I think it was trying to show like his kind of disconnect from it he's all. He's not human. <laughs> well, like he's... He's doing the romantic gesture, but he doesn't know how to, like, initiate the sex. The sex. The sex? The sex. Der sex. The sex sometimes. The like birds and the bees. <laughs> when a man loves a woman, you know the story. They get a house together. They get a family. The family goes to school and church. And then they grow up and they, they start the process all over. I don't know what happens in between. Do they ever meet or they just they just... Well, they meet somewhere. How did they start the family? I don't know. Maybe they know met at a diner like Happy Days. You know. So, Edward is staying at the Beverly Wilshire Regents Beverly Regents. It doesn't exist. It's technically the Ambassador Hotel in Beverly Hills. Alright. May it rest in peace. It no longer exists is what I'm getting at. So, Richard Gere character stays in the penthouse even though he is afraid of heights which I would assume... I'm also afraid of heights. That's why I tossed it in the story. Uh, Richard Gere is essentially me. That's what oh, yeah? I'm trying to say. You have personal experience. No, just with heights. <laughs> Not I also like basketball, but I couldn't put that in here. It just didn't work that he was wearing a suit trying to play basketball. It doesn't take her to a basketball game. It takes no, her I wanted to. I wanted to go see a, a game, but I, I couldn't. It wasn't in the budget. So this is like pre-Obama... Playing basketball in a suit? Oh, of course. It was unheard of in the White House. It's unheard have... of just in general? In general, yeah. The generals of, of basketball, they, they are no good against the Harlem Globetrotters. Wait, is that what you're getting at or no? I don't know. Okay, let's go back to the story. <laughs> I love the tangents. We see how the two characters are very different in life. He always plans everything and she just does what she wants when she wants. They're a little odd couple. She's a free spirit. The odd couple? I don't know if I had any part in that movie. I did! <laughs> in that show. And the new series, too. A little bit. Uh, no, go on. You have a hand in everything. I, I try to. It helps keep the heart going. Yeah, you know, you don't want to slow down the ticker. 
Vivian really wants to get things going, you know, for to sex. And so she pulls out all of her different colored condoms. Seduction. Yes. Well, this is more matter of fact. Like, okay, you're going to wear a condom, and you're going to like it, and you're going to deal with it. She sets the rules it. up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he just wants to talk. He's a cuddler. <laughs> that he is. Um, but he and- also doesn't know how to talk because he's so repressed and he's Mr. Business, Mr. Business. But she's also Miss Business, just a different kind of business. Right, and he also can't sleep. No, apparently. He's so overworked. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, Richard Gere was working so much on this set, we had to work it into the B-roll. He was on a different job. What other job was he on? Well, doing exactly what he was doing. He caused the housing crash that happened later on. We predicted that with this movie. But, uh... Wow. It just, it worked out for the story. Um, they get room service, and then we get... Kind of Richard Gere, um, <laughs> Edwards, we get Edwards' backstory about he's got the ex-wife and the ex-girlfriend. Um, he sees that Vivian is, like, in a rush, so he's like, okay, okay, I will hire you for the night. How much for the night? And she quotes him at $300. Again, a bargain. <laughs> she goes to floss her teeth, which he mistakenly thinks she's doing drugs, a scene that was changed from when she was previously actually doing drugs. I thought the drugs bit worked better, but uh, the flossing works too because it gives her character. You don't want things in your teeth. Nobody wants things in their teeth. Right. Especially dirty strawberry seeds. They get everywhere. Not Hard good. to pick out. Not good for the lovemaking. Not good for the... No, because then you get seeds everywhere. I don't know why they're so prevalent in lovemaking scenes, but there's just so much seeds. that you eat champagne or drink champagne? Eat champagne. You can't eat champagne. You drink champagne. I guess if you froze it you could eat it <laughs> there's actually champagne jello in russia can you mix strawberries in it because it, yeah. it complement the taste i made yeah. champagne cupcakes well yeah i guess i guess you can <laughs> eat champagne then for these many examples that have been presented <laughs> that you're going to cl- incorporate into your movies now. oh i might i might i don't know do, do you drink champagne or eat it uh, during father's day or maybe that's more of a independence day sort of thing about like graduation day or something. I suppose you could drink champagne during graduation, maybe from college. I mean, you already did New Year's. Of course. I mean, I can't go back and do New Year's too. But there's a New Year's every year. I could really do this. And then I'll incorporate the strawberries. Uh, coincidentally, which I did 16, 14, 15 years earlier on Pretty Woman. So anyway, the sex happens eventually in the hotel room. Well, they're watching I Love Lucy while he's trying to do some sort of business work. But she gets down to her underwear. And the sex is implied at that point. She presents him with the rules of I don't kiss on the mouth. And he says, neither do I. This is foreshadowing. Oh, yeah? That's right. For later in the movie. We'll get to it. <laughs> yes, there is some, some off-screen doing of some sort. I always took it as you're not kissing on the mouth, so you're kissing other things. That was the implication, <laughs> and I think the audience got it. So the next morning, um, he sees her without her wig, which we forgot to mention. She's wearing a blonde wig. Now we see her natural Julia Roberts' big curly red hair. And he said, you should never do that. Just keep the wig off. It looks so much better. He's, he says that in his eyes, really, yes. It's all implied. There's a lot of implied scenes in this movie. Because Richard Gere doesn't know how to talk to women. No, he's a robot. We learn right now that he buys companies and breaks them up and sells them. 
Yes, he's an evil man. It's the implication there. We also learned that Vivian has never used a fork or a chair in her life. <laughs> no, you know, that was actually a Julia Roberts thing. All around set, she was finding places to sit down, and I thought it was great that she was doing this, so I worked it into the scripts, and uh, then it became a thing that she just doesn't know how to properly sit at a table. And it worked out for character, but it was totally incidental. Edward gets a call from Philip, Jason, Ale- Jason Alexander. Stucky. Yes, Stucky. Well, you were very attached to his name being Stucky. Because it sticks to you. I said that. He says, you're going to meet with this client, Morse. And he's going to have his grandson. So you should really bring a date. So he's like, you want me to get your girl? And, and Edward's like, I've got one. He's got it covered. He picked her up last night, but he doesn't He doesn't let him know who This it is. was while Julia Roberts was in the bath, right? Yes. She's unaware. So, yeah. He goes to her in the bathtub, says, I want to spend the whole week. Spend the whole week with me. I'm here for the week. Spend it with me. I'll pay you. What do you want? And she negotiates the price that is still a little low to me, but it works out for the time. $3,000. $3,000. She wanted four. But ended up getting 3000 and some love. And some love. And money to buy clothes, because yes. she needs clothes. Of course, because she only has the one outfit that she came with, and Richard Gere wouldn't let her go back home. <laughs> well, do you think she would have had nice clothes at home? No. <laughs> That's why he had to go out to buy some. But either way, he wouldn't let her go back home. Or is this just a way of showing off for a day drive? It could be. I had a lot of product placement in this movie. And unlimited budget. I did have an unlimited budget. I couldn't I couldn't afford certain things, but uh, we, we don't need to get into that. And sponsorship by Diet Coke. Of course, Diet Coke. It's the best. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Diet Coke. Or Netflix. Yeah, so she calls up her roommate, Kit, and says, where should I go shopping with all this money? And she's like, well, duh, Rodeo Drive. It's so Hollywood. So she goes there and instantly gets denied by the shop women, and so she gets sad. Well, they're bitches. They judge the book by the cover. Which is the point of the movie. You can't judge a book by its cover, because there's somebody underneath everybody. You just need to dig them out sometimes. It's like a rose in a pile of mulch. She's bringing out all the metaphors. That's what this movie is. It's full of metaphors. Um, so she goes back to the hotel, and she's sad, and then she meets Hector Elizondo, your best friend. Oh, Hector's great. I love Hector. You put him in all your movies. I put him in everything, (laughs) because he's just so great. He's just a a kindly human being. And you play softball with him. Uh, Obviously. That's it. (laughs) He seems like a sweet dude. Oh, yeah, I love Hector Elizondo. Yeah. He's always helped, like, you... You always cast him as, like, the helpful guy. Always of there. Of course, he's help. always helping me. He's been in my movies. I just have to say, hey, Hector, you want to do a movie? And there he is. He's already on set, <laughs> dressed up in character. Because presumably somebody else already talked to him first. <laughs> um, so they come up with, like, this fake way of talking. Like, she's the niece of Edward who's staying there. And he's the uncle, which is very confusing but everybody gets it it's all implied see (laughs) she cries to him says i've been trying to get clothes but no one will take my money so he helps her out by calling up a store and yeah she goes and gets a dress and meets bridget who's very sweet edward and philip have a business meeting philip 
Stucky. Stucky. <laughs> yes. See, it sticks. Inquires about the girl, you know, uh, at home, at, I mean, at the hotel. Vivian gets the call from Edward. You know, they keep saying, this isn't a date. It's business. Strictly business. Strictly business. And then uh, Barney... Hector Elizondo, has to teach her about forks. I don't even understand it, but Hector knew that scene was all improvised. And I said, hey, bring the cameras in here because we need to know how this scene is going to be shot. You're already teaching Julia Roberts how to use a fork. Yes, of course. She didn't know. She's only been in Mystic Pizza before this. <laughs> you don't eat pizza with a fork. Of course not. That's why, that's why you need lessons on forks. Like you got the three prongs and the four prongs. And then you got another one with four prongs and two prongs. Yeah, see, I, I don't even know. And then you've got six knives or whatever. And there's a big plate under a small plate. And none of it makes sense. And they bring soup out. Soup, yeah. What, where's your spoon? <laughs> they didn't talk about spoons. Mm. Well, they bring a soup out on a plate, too. Yeah, like I mean, what's on this? on a plate. What is this? I, what, am I going to put my bread there? So, yes, now... Edward comes back to the hotel and he meets Vivian in the lounge and she's... And she's stunning. She's stunning at the bar. I interrupted, but go on. <laughs> she's all cleaned up. She's she's no longer obviously a hooker. Obviously. She's in this black, lacy She does dress. look like she's in a western saloon. <laughs> well, because of her hair. Because of her hair. I made it that way. I, I secretly love western movies, but uh, that's that's for another day. But it was close to um, Audrey Hepburn's dress. Ooh, in, in, um, in a, uh, How to Steal a Million. How to Steal a Million. That's what this movie might have been based off of, but it wasn't. It would have been a great uh, connection to your thought there. Yeah, you haven't seen the dress, I, I'm assuming. So. No, I don't watch a lot of movies. That reminds me of our Snapchat. Well, they did one of the things where it was like lace and cat ears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like... Do the kids like this? Is this what kids do? The Snapchats? Do you send them to people and, and get laughs? Okay, maybe I'll come up with a movie called Snapchat. Will it be a horror film? It could be. I've never done a horror film as far as I know. <laughs> you just you see a horror or a horror? This is the horror movie. I can't even laugh because it hurts so much. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm sorry, I might be derailing the podcast. I did, I did kind of do a horror movie, a Hocus Pocus, with, with my Hocus sister. Pocus. She was my wife in that movie. Yeah. That and was it was cool. great. It was great. I loved that movie. I always thought that was weird that you played husband and wife. Oh, that's okay. You know, we, we, we do things. It's like kids, they play doctor with their brothers and sisters, or they, they play house. You got no other choice. I mean, I don't have another option for that. These things happen in the script. But Penny Marshall! She's yeah. great! Penny! My great sister. You okay, kid? You killed Ashley. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ashley and her family. <laughs> Sam's gonna be really pissed. It's alright, you're already me. married. You, you, by now, you have already been married. Maybe I should do a movie about weddings. Didn't you? I probably did. You see, I, I, don't, like you I don't watch my movies. There was that movie, Runaway Bride. Did you do that one? I don't, I don't think I did. Oh, I think you did do that. I probably it's, did. It's Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. It is. It's like the sequel to Pretty Woman. That came out many years later. Right. You know Joan Cusack, she was also in that. She was supposed to be the character of Vivian, 
in this movie. She was one of the options that Disney wanted to go with, but they did not. I love Joan Cusack. But you know, that came out in the 90s. They should probably make another movie about weddings for now. You should. You, yeah. You, there's a lot. Maybe Julia Roberts will be back. As the mother of the bride. She could be. And the Anne Hathaways. I could get her in there. Ooh, that'd be good. You know, Anne Hathaway, she's the 21st century Julia Roberts. I mean, Julia Roberts is still the 21st century Julia Roberts, but, but Anne Hathaway, she's like Julia Roberts too. What about Emma? Emma Roberts. Sure. Her niece. Eh. Right? It's her niece. Oh, she was in. She's in that 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 show with the with the blood and the murder and the and the Ryan. I don't have a lot of blood in my movies. That's why the hooker scene that she died in the dumpster. That was you didn't see any of it because it's horrible. Right. It's a comedy. We didn't talk about Hank Azaria. Oh, Hank. He's a great voice actor, but he's also a great character and a genuine human being. He's in the awesome movie Mystery Alaska. Yes, I haven't seen it. Uh, anyway, we're in the middle of plot. <laughs> fancy dinner time. Yes. It's fancy dinner. There's food. There's the snails. Yes. Uh, use that scene later on in a different movie. But again, I'm derailing this whole plot conversation. No, no, no. That's exactly what I was going to say. the Princess Diaries. Yeah. I like to reuse my cast. Um. So yeah, they're at the meeting with Morris, which is our uh, Ralph Bellamy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Morris and his grandson David. Mr. Morris is like, leave my company alone. The whole, like, dinner does not end well. And, you know, Edward's like, I won't become emotionally involved in business. You know, that whole... No, I've stated before, he's a robot. He's basically (laughs) a robot. And he's just, he's just doing it all for the money, which could be Jason Alexander's fault. So he's a prostitute. Yeah, that's where we're getting at, see? He says we the both... The implication. He says we both screw people for money. That's the line. That's the line that drew it from implication to reality. <laughs> they all know it. They all know it now. Okay, so also we learned that he's got a dead dad. Dad's dead. He hasn't talked to him in a long time. Daddy issues. Fourteen and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Vivian watching the end of Charade. <gasps> Charade. With Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. Oh, so good. It's a great movie. It, I haven't seen it, but again, I don't watch a lot of movies. Despite being a great director, Gary Marshall. <laughs> anything with uh, Cary Grant. Anything with Cary Grant in it. Mm. Was this movie on uh, one of your previous lists that you did? Yeah, we did watch it. I guess it. we should go back to the archives and take a listen. <laughs> Viewer or listener, you might do the same. Okay, so Vivian, has she watched Charade because she was waiting in the hotel room for Edward. He's kind of in a bad mood. But she goes downstairs and finds him playing the piano, which uh, Richard Gere composed the music himself, and he's playing it himself. He's very talented. He did. I didn't know this. We had a piano sitting out, and he just started playing and uh, wrote it into the scene. And then they do it on top of the piano. That was unscripted. <laughs> Is that why the camera just slowly packs away? Yeah, and I wanted to be in that scene, but uh, I couldn't. I wanted to give them their space uh, so they could implied have sex yet again. On the piano. Okay, and then the next morning, wake up, it's time to shop. And she said, people are so mean to me. And he's like, what people? And he goes out, and he sets the record straight. He says, hey, you need to treat this woman right. He pulls out his big credit card. Says, I'm going to spend lots of money here. It's just like the movie. We didn't have much of a budget. 
I mean, we had too much of a budget. Too much of a budget. We could do whatever we want, so we did. And uh, then we hear the song. The Pretty, Pretty Woman, Woman song. That song, that's, that's what changed the name of the movie when that happened. Oh, it was a horrible title, Gary Marshall. I'm sorry, but it was. Well, you know, it wasn't my decision. The original title. It was 3000 <laughs> because there's $3,000 involved in the transaction of which Richard Gere offered. I wanted to be very literal in a movie full of implications. The title had to be literal. Of course, so people knew. Then we have a shopping montage, and she gets revenge on the shop girls. Oh, I love it. She walks in, and she's all dolled up, and she's been shopping. She says, hey, you missed out on this commission. Bye. <laughs> Big mistake. Big mistake. And then she, like, did, like, the boom thing. She did. Like, I invented in, that in my In it my mind, out. that's what she did. I know she didn't really, but, like, in my mind, she was just like, boom, bitch. Again, it was all implied. It, you kids these days, they're more literal with it, but uh, back then it was implied. I don't really care too much for most of the clothes that she buys. That one black dress that she tried on in the, the beginning of the montage is pretty. Yeah. With the ruffles. And I like her brown polka dotted dress. Mm-hmm. Most of her dresses are pretty good, but then they get to, like, the 90s, like, pleated pants. Giant It was the style shorts. at the yeah. time. Yeah. Gross. Shoulder pads. I said, more shoulder pads, and they gave me more shoulder pads. Is it just to make her appear more confident of and course. overpowering? She didn't have any shoulder pads before. Did she have shoulder You ever seen a football player? They're, they're big and confident. They got shoulder pads. I'll make that note. Good good to, good to know you're learning. <laughs> um, Teach us about the 90s, Gary Marshall. It's the best thing I know is the 90s. Richard Gere's character is now hesitant about screwing over Morse. The, the whole thing that, like, Vivian has put in his head is, like, we she's don't make anything. Him. Yes, he's changing. We don't make anything. He likes to build. He likes to build. That was the scene where he's stacking the cups. Mm -hmm. He wants to build things, and all they do is just take in money from things that other people built. Tear things apart. That's what they're doing. They're tearing things down, not building things up. And again, it causes the housing crash later on. I, I believe I stated that. I predicted that in this movie. Did you have anything to do with the big no, short? No, no, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> the big short? The movie. You make that oh, movie? the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, sure, I might have. I thought you made it in real life, and I didn't want to get finances involved. <laughs> you didn't want to implicate yourself in anything? Of course not. would not end for Gary Marshall that I couldn't put out my great movies about holidays. <laughs> you didn't want to pull a Robert Durst? No, oh no. Edward then comes home to a naked Vivian... And then they have a little bath time therapy where he talks more about his daddy issues. And then the next day is Polo, where Stucky... Stucky, sticks with you. Go on. <laughs> ...meets Vivian. And then they're stomping divots. Yeah, I didn't quite understand uh, when we shot that, but apparently it's tradition to stomp some grass back in the ground after it was taken up by the, the, the croquets. And croquet mallet. The mallets, yeah, because you're hitting the grass all day. You gotta do something to put it back. Well, and the horseshoe, uh, and the horse. Yeah, they probably should play on a better ground. But then it wouldn't be polo. Then it wouldn't be in Beverly Hills. That too. This is true. A lot of things. A lot of things that had to be told to me. So, uh, Vivian meets up with David Morse again, and Stucky sees this, and he starts getting all paranoid, so he confronts Edward, and Edward has to just flatly tell him that... She's a hooker. She's a hooker. And he takes advantage of that. It goes over and, and tries to swoon her mm -hmm. somehow, 
but it's it, it makes her really mad. Yeah. I felt like she was always overacting, like, her uncomfortableness. Like, immediately she just, like... Well, yeah, yes. and the fidgetiness, we had to we had to be obvious with a few things. <laughs> a shot on film, you don't have the clarity that digital gives you. No, and they couldn't see it right back in, you know, the digitals these days. It's just, <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. You run out of film, you go buy another can, I mean... You don't know what you shot. Hopefully it's all there. Back at the hotel, Vivian and Edward fight. And she's mad. She's she's so mad. She wants to leave. Well, because he tells Stucky that she's a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And that's the time she really felt used and like a prostitute. And this is where Edward has a change of heart. And it's just, you can see he's in the process of changing mm-hmm. into being a better person who didn't just hire this hooker. Hooker? Hooker? <laughs> Hooker to be his companion for a week, which seems like a month. This movie seemed like it took place a lot longer than it did. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, like, first of all, he, like, pays her the money. She doesn't take the money. It's very, like, Moulin Rouge. Symbolic. Yeah. He really apologizes, and she says, you hurt me. Don't do it again. She sets the rules up for him to follow. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they're naked in bed. Again, this one's not implied. But this time she's telling her backstory, and people put you down enough, you start to believe it, so all the walls are coming down. Very great metaphor for that. <laughs> okay, now there's tensions between Stucky and Edward. Because Stucky's still an asshole, and Edward's not anymore. <laughs> Edward takes a day off. Which is unheard of for a businessman of his stature. There's a fancy dress and necklace. Surprise opera, flying all the way to San Francisco. It's not that far, but it is. The necklace scene, we had to talk about how he improv because they were always trying to do different things together. See, I told him to do that, but I said, no, you can take the credit for it. It's a good joke. Well, you were constantly trying to get Julia Roberts to laugh because yeah, you loved her Yeah, and to tickle her, her feet, and uh, tickle Richard Gere's feet. That made her laugh, too. And uh, do other things. <laughs> That I can't say on this podcast, but that's okay. Yeah, just go on, it's fine. Anything more about the necklace? She goes to touch it, and it's supposed to be this sweet kind of moment, and so he claps the, the clamshell necklace holder thingy on her fingers, and she just laughs. And we kept it in. Yep. It was great. Good moment. Good call on Gary's part. I called the editor. I said, you leave that in, because it's just so good. So, yes. And then we learn again, if you take a woman to an opera, she will cry. Obviously. Just like Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. This time there was no creepy Nicolas Cage, though. That was nice. Just, just sweet. Just creepy Richard Gere. Well, he, that, not even that, because they focused way more on Julia Roberts than I think they focused on on Cher. I was trying to figure out, like, what Gary Marshall would be telling her off screen. I said, be sad. <laughs> Surprisingly, I didn't have to do much else. She had a lot of different emotions on her face. Yeah, because she only had done Mystic Pizza before this, so she wanted this to work. Uh, it had to work out. Oh, yeah. Then it's chess, and she says, don't go to work. So there's Picnic, there's Shakespeare, there's food. It's a whole montage of loviness. Edward is able to sleep, finally. He's never slept before, and this is his first night of actually So what does she do? She wakes him up. Yeah, she kisses him. It was supposed to be a message, and then they have sex again. 
But, like, real sex this time. Yeah. Like, Gary Marshall, you were in bed with them. Oh, I, I had to, because uh, Julia Roberts was so nervous. She was so nervous, she she burst a vein in her forehead. And it, was, it, was, it didn't look on her camera. She Wait. burst. It never showed up. It just it showed up. She and had so, an aneurysm? It could have been, but we, me and, me and Richard, we had to sit there in the bed and massage it down. And uh, and then she got hives, and I had to put calamine lotion on her. Sounds like an expensive day. Oh, there's no, no expense spared. <laughs> Gotta keep your Julia safe. Oh, yeah, then she can be in my other movies, which came after this one. Because this was the first. Because this was the first, and will never be the last. Right, so she kisses them on the mouse. mouth. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have a mouse. He, he doesn't. doesn't have a mouse either. Despite I any hope. rumors you may have heard on the internet... Richard Gere does not own any small rodents that she has kissed. Oh, bringing that in. Hey, I'm just bringing it in to bring awareness for people not to believe it. But she kissed him on the mouth and basically loves him. She says, I love you. so, yeah. She says, I love you. I I don't like these obvious things, so I say basically because he needs to love her back. Right. Oh. Do you think at this point that he does love her back? Yes. I think so, But he wants to buy her things, because that's the only way he knows how. He doesn't know how to love. Aww. Well, because his dad... We don't know anything really about his mom, but I'm assuming that that was not very good either. Or she just dropped him off with a nanny. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I watched The Nanny Diaries the other day, which is about that. It's very sad. Is it related to The Princess Diaries in any way? No. Okay. (laughs) Didn't know if I had to call anyone. <laughs> it's based on a book. Oh, okay. Well, so is the princess. So, oh, yeah, so is the princess. Which it's all based on basically Cinderella, is my understanding of fairy tales. There's a lot of other fairy tales, too, but, you know, this is a podcast not about that. So he, she kisses him. It's their last night together. So he propositions her. He wants to pay for to have like a good life wants to buy her a place get her off the streets yeah wants to make sure she's always taken care of with stores that are constantly always sucking up to her he doesn't want to treat her like a hooker but the offer comes off as if he still does Ooh, good so she recounts her fairy tale fantasy to him at this time that was disney's push we had to put that in there to make it more obvious jeffrey katzenberg this is this is what happens when the studio is getting involved. He's a he's a tough nut to crack. He sure is. I've tried. He's not a real nut, if that makes any difference. You can't use traditional methods. Edward says to her, I've never treated you like a prostitute. What do you think that means right here? I think he's trying to say that he loves her. Yeah. And always has. It was love at first sight. Like a fairy tale. But he's given her money. He's yeah, given her money, but it's more to... He's taking care of her in a way that... He has all of this money, and he's finding purpose in actually using it for someone instead of for he's himself. He's trying to build her up as if she was down on the ground in just a bunch of pieces. Well, I think... He wants to build things into better things. How is she going to independently take care of herself? It happens eventually, in his mind. Well, uh, he thinks that by building up her, it's it's exactly like My Fair Lady, where he thinks building up her, I guess, character and awareness of her potential kind of makes it so that she can be self-sufficient or independent. 
and everything. But I, I do think that this, this whole line is more of his way of saying, you know, I love you without actually saying it because he's not 100% sure if that's the right thing. He cares about her, but he yeah. doesn't know how to have feelings. Because he's a robot. Because he's a robot. I've been saying this from the... There was a deleted scene at the end where his face came off and it was robotic. And it was way too literal. Uh, so they had to cut it out. That was on the extended director's cut. But uh, no, nobody really saw that. It was never released. No, it wasn't. I mean, I, I own it, but I, I can't put it out for legal reasons. There's robots running the world if you, if you look deep enough. Anyway, back to the movie, The Pretty Woman by Gary Marshall. Her friend Kit is there in the hotel to pick up the money and stuff. Kit, like, instantly knows, like, you fell in love with them, you kissed him on the mouth. She told him not to do this. She said right at the beginning, don't kiss him, and that's gonna cause problems. And Vivian's like, who, who has this ever happened to? And Kit says... And she says, Cinderella! That was my line, I told her to say that, and she did. Okay, now we have the big uh, meeting with Morse and his company and Edward and, then you know, lots of people in this meeting. The but change of heart meeting, I like to say. Exactly. So Edward, he wants to talk to Mr. Morse alone. He decides he no longer wants to buy the company and take it apart, but he wants to help him. This is where he kicked everybody out first. Yep. He wants to build things. Construction. It was the crux of the whole thing. He Instead of tearing nice things down, that's that's how you build things up. Is a strong foundation. If you take that foundation away, then you can't have strong architecture. I guess. Have you seen the Money Pit too, Gary? No, I probably should have. Wait, no, I did. <laughs> I was thinking of what's that movie that we were just to? The Big Short, and that's not the Money Pit. I did see the Money Pit. They didn't have good foundation in that place. They Tom did Hanks. have good foundation. No, I mean, like, it was falling apart, and I guess I missed the moral of the story because I've seen it many years ago. Anyway. Oh, okay, okay. So now, Stucky visits Vivian looking for Edward at the hotel. This was a very dramatic scene. Yeah, he's very angry, and he's angry at Vivian for changing him. Took away his robot status into human status. Well, and they're not going to make as much money. Exactly. As they would if they would have broken the company up this instead of... This is greed. This is greed at work. So... He's a lawyer. Lawyers are all greedy. I don't trust them. That's why I don't have any. <laughs> so Stucky tries to rape Vivian. Yeah, he's hoping... Well, he's... Basically trying to overpower her to and saying, you know, you changed him and I don't like that. Maybe if... Or maybe then if, probably doing, like, I took what is yours power move. Yeah. Well, he's probably thinking that if he takes the, the, the crux of the change in Edward's life, that it'll change him back, essentially. But it doesn't work, and Edward comes in, tears him off of her, punches him in the face, and breaks his nose... Yeah. I'm assuming he's fired, but uh, that's that's all not part of the storyline at the moment. Yeah, Richard Gere actually knocked out one of his crowns in this scene. I didn't know that, but I'm sure it hurt. Wait, Richard Gere knocked out one of his own crowns? His own crowns. He didn't even get hit. In the tussle, something happened. He probably got elbowed. But... Jason Alexander likes to elbow people. I mean, I've, I've heard. Watch out for him. Uh, Edward notices that Vivian's bags are packed and says, why are you leaving now? And she says, I want more. I want the fairy tale. So he pays her the money 
tells her to stay. Stay. He gives her his card, so he always she always has his phone number. Yeah, we all want her to stay at this point. Yeah. Everybody wants her to stay. I didn't originally, but uh, we had to because it's a Disney movie, essentially, and it had to be happy. She says goodbye, and she says goodbye to Barney. Then Edward's packing to leave because he's going to New York. And Vivian now is packing to leave to move to San Francisco. Barney set it up initially. He told he told the driver to take her home so he could tell the driver later on, Hey, Edward, uh, this is where she lives. Driver knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're having an exchange of um, Edward's giving back the jewelry. And um, Barney says, it must be difficult to let go of something so beautiful. Oh. He was implying <laughs> Vivian. <laughs> yes, he was. So, another change of heart, Edward gets some flowers, gets a limo, opera, shows up at Vivian's apartment, climbs up to her in her tower, as she's always wanted, and gives her a big kiss. He's big like a Prince kiss. Charming. Mm-hmm. And the narrator tells us to keep on dreaming. Yeah, he said it at the beginning, and he says it at the end. This is Hollywood. This is all I've ever known is Hollywood. And that's Pretty Woman by Gary Marshall. Me. <laughs> Remember? From the beginning of the podcast? You know, when I walked in here, I didn't know uh, what I was going to do. But I did it. And uh, I've never done a podcast before, I don't think. I may have been on one at some point. Uh, but if anything, go watch this movie. Is, wait, is this a, move, a review of the movie, or what are we doing? What are we promoting here? We're not promoting anything. We're just talking about movies? Yeah. Okay, so don't watch the movie, but you can if you want to. It'd be nice. Yeah. It's it a would good make movie. sense. The podcast would make more sense. Yeah. Would you like to rate this movie? I'd say on a scale of Happy Days to Laverne and Shirley, this is a solid walk in Mindy. This is coming from Gary Marshall. And I'd say I would have given her 4,000, but I could only give her three. Oh. Uh, I'm going to give this movie four snails. Oh, uh, it's a good one. It's very good. It's very pertinent to the movie. I'm going to give this movie four and a half cassette Walkmans from the bathtub scene. Oh, playing Prince? Yep. Playing Kiss by Prince. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Hey guys, um, this is Ashley and Justine from the future. <laughs> um, we just discovered that the movie that we were going to watch next week is being taken off of Netflix. Along with a lot of movies from our list. Yeah. Sadly, there was another Netflix culling. It's a rom-com apocalypse. Yeah, it's the rom-com Hunger Games. Uh, so yeah, we don't know what we're going to be watching next, but we will let you know. Yes. Um, follow the Twitter for updates. Once we know, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be back with an undiscernible movie. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Thank you for the service announcement. This has been the Cutaways Network. That bit's always cute to me, but that's just me. Go on. So we have some thank yous. We would like to thank Sam, Nicole K, and Leah. And of course, Mr. Gary Marshall. That's Thank me. You, Gary Marshall. Woo! Hey, maybe I'll be back sometime. We'll, we'll be watching more of your movies, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. You're like the king of romantic comedy. I should probably wander around here more often. 
Yeah. Please do. So, Gary Marshall, I'm going to tell you how you can listen to our podcast. Well, fantastic. So, you can listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us some comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also on Pocket Casts, Google Play, yeah. and all sorts of places. But we are also on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. Yeah, we're on the internet. Find us. Love us. Love Gary I was going to say something about the internet, but I couldn't think of anything in time. So, listen to the podcast. That's what yeah. you do. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yes. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Be sure to check out possibly Father's Day next year around Father's Day. And maybe New Year's Eve, too. Goodbye, Gary Marshall. Goodbye, Gary Marshall. You've been a treat. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>